Welcome to another episode of <laughs> episode podcast, I should say, of God's Wow. And we've got the bench of three here. Yes. Today we have Nina. I'm Nina. We have Mary. I'm hey, Mary. And we have Ruth. That's hey, everybody. Bench of three here in full effect. Live. Live. God's wild live. That's right. <laughs> what are we gonna talk about? You know, we're we're in some pretty serious times right now. But um what are we gonna talk about today, ladies? Well, we're talking about living above fear. Yes, absolutely. So, so what does it mean to live above something? Huh. Who are you who are you asking? <laughs> Are you asking I'm asking anybody jumping anytime you like. I mean, living above fear. Right now, people are scrambling around. They're afraid of what's happening to their families or their friends. They're afraid to go to the grocery store. So how do you live above all of that? Well, the fear, fear of getting in the car and driving, fear of being around other people. Which is really not normal. No, it's not. How do we live above something like that? Because to me, living above something means resting in something else. Oh, that's good. That's right. That's good. You going to say something, Mary? Well, fear has a way of invading and entangling things in our lives. So when you're afraid mm -hmm. of one thing, it tends to begin to create tendrils that take hold of other things in your life because it jacks up anxiety. And of course, we've got the amygdala back in the little spot behind our brain that gets triggered by fear. And then we go right. into that fight or flight frame of mind. But at the same time, we know we're supposed to be coping with our day to day. So we are actually in a place of vibrating in a very negative response to our environment as we're trying to manage things and that's where it starts to affect everything that we're doing we start to have more anxious thoughts they multiply we're starting to watch out what we do what we say what we touch and all of that actually as it builds becomes more and more overwhelming for our mind as well as our emotions and our body but the i think you come up with a good point because i don't think the human race really understands where fear came from from the beginning and i heard uncle ian talk about this and i want to share this because once i do i think our listeners will be like oh that totally makes sense and it's called the terror by night um it's called when right. fear when fear first entered into this existence all right. So we know that in heaven, there was this uh, issue that came about where Hasatan, uh, the evil one, chose to chose to turn to himself right. instead of Yahweh. He went inward instead of outward in terms of his thoughts, his praise, his worship. Right. And what that did was that caused a fracture in heaven. There are some other beings that decided to go with Hasatan, right? Yeah. The evil one. Right. And when Yahweh, our daddy, kicked him out, Hasatan out of the heavenly realms, and he came down and entered into this cosmos this realm this existence there was a fear that came with that because all of a sudden a place that was perfect and that was holy something entered into it that didn't have the same vibration frequency and sound of peace of rest of light right right, right. that it originally had uh -huh. and that fear the terror by night that fear is something that is in in the dna in the corrupt, That's right. the corrupt DNA, DNA of all of us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what Correct. Mary was talking about was the, um, 
the end result, the outcome of the DNA, the triggers, the epigenetic triggers, the DNA, the outcome of that mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. So now that we have a beginning of where that came from, now I'm going to throw the question back. So how do we, what does it mean to live then above that? You said there was a rest that had to take place, resting in something else. Yes. What do you mean by that? Something to replace it. Well, well, you you resting in in Yeshua. You resting in um, a place where fear cannot enter. So how do you do that? So if, yeah. when you well, I'm thinking about Nina talked about your DNA, right? Yes, but your thoughts are vibrating. Your concerns are vibrating. You're pinging back and forth in your head about things you're dealing with and what you need to do and follow the government guidelines and hunker down at home and watch what you touch. So how do you go into rest? Well, first you have to speak the right thing. Ah. You cannot speak fear. And we've already talked about our words and how our words resonate with the organs of our body. Mm-hmm. So if we are listening to news and we're listening to what people are saying and we're listening to the fear that is coming off of people around yes. us, it's going to affect us. So what we have to do is go back to what we really know, what we already know about how to speak over ourselves. Okay, okay so... so. Um, Okay, say Psalms 91, since Nina talked about the terror by night. We tell ourselves, we will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Because we are in Yahweh. We are in him. He's in us. And so, so the thing is, when you see craziness happening, say, okay, say you're driving along along the highway. This is not about what's happening right now. But just to, for instance, you're driving along the highway and there's craziness happening and there's a crash in front of you. Instead of um, getting frustrated, you start doing some deep breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, count to the, to the count of eight, breathe in, to the count of eight, breathe out. Breathe in Yod, breathe out yes. Hey. Breathe in yes. Vav, breathe out Hey. You know, so the thing is, deep breathing will immediately calm your physical body down. That's good. And because you're not focused on craziness around you, you're focused on what's happening inside of you everything in your body begins to Mm -hmm. settle down. Okay. So for me to focus on rest above fear, it's about speaking the right thing. It's about not listening. I'm talking about my body gates now. I'm talking about shutting out the negatives that are coming in, that I'm hearing, that I'm seeing, and yes, we need to be cognizant of what the government is telling us, stay stay home. We need to be obedient to what's going on with, with um, you know, what the, the law of the land says. We do need to be obedient, but we also need to be, to be having calmness within our home. Play praise music. Turn the news off and put make get your praise on. Get your worship going. I what do you think? I think that's great. I think that's huge also because you're right. The body needs to be given tools to respond first so that then we can connect with the words, the sounds, the frequency, and the thoughts that we need to turn with the intent of our heart towards the Lord. What? Okay, all right, ladies, but here's my thing. Um, This this situation that we're in right now, okay, 
Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a it, it it it's a good thing in that. Okay, it's causing all of us to be very introspective in where we are at our place of rest, right? Because honestly, it's a little challenging to move into, hey, let's live above fear when all your life you've been living in fear. And then, and, and, and it's even harder to do it when you're in a situation that's fearful, right? But at least it can trigger you into a, 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 a mental consciousness that oh my goodness or mental assent that oh my goodness i'm actually a person that is fearful and so i need to then start to engage with some things that will teach that i can practice right because it's not like it happens overnight i mean maybe we should talk about our own experiences also because it's not like all of a sudden you can just live above fear immediately i mean You've got to deal with the terrifying right. night. You've got to confront the fear. You've got to deal with some of this stuff. And so so the reason why I'm saying this is because there may be some people who are saying, okay, this conversation is all good, but how do I how do I start that process when I've never really even worked on it? It's not been something that's been in the forefront that I've needed to <clears throat> excuse me, that I've needed to work on. Mary's got something to say. Well, I, I think you're right, Nina, but I think the first step is for example, a tool is the breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. But that breathing exercise is used in right. all kinds of stressful situations. Therapists teach this. People who teach meditation teach this. Correct. And it's usually the first step that they address in a therapeutic environment as well as in regular life. Here's how to start dealing with the stress, slowing down the cortisol, redirecting things in your body so that you can begin to slow your system and then begin to redirect your thoughts. Now, the next tool is redirecting your thoughts and engaging with your heart. But you do have to manage the physical symptoms. That's good. I have a That's family good. member That's that good. deals yeah. with panic attacks. And I have been with them when that stuff triggered. And when the person is in the middle of that, you cannot speak to them rationally. Yeah. So the best thing in those different circumstances I was in with this person who is dear to me I had to get them to look at me and actually make a connection because I happened to be physically with them then and then engage with breathing with them to distract them from the evaluation they were making about the triggers and the energy and the adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. So that was very, because fear does create an adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. So yes, the breathing is something that's doable. Yeah. And it is an action to take first. That's good. So how do we lessen the adrenaline? Because this is we're talking about we're talking about chemicals within our body besides just breathing. I know breathing will calm you down, but your heart is still racing. But don't you, true. But don't true. you have to don't you have to for me, I'm thinking, don't you have to control your thoughts because how does I mean? It, it depends on where the trigger is coming from. I I understand it's an emotional thing, but the emotional thing is embedded in something. Like there has to be something that triggers. In other words, uh, somebody gets into a situation. Their thought is, "I'm I'm 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 gonna die," or "I'm going to." There's a thought that comes across that triggers that emotion, that fear, or maybe they're connected together, hand in hand. Maybe the thought and the emotion are both connected together or maybe it's a dna thing a generational issue that folks struggle with that it's challenging for them they that's just a part of their dna makeup and to, they need to deal with it whatever it is i for me am really i'm really focused on how can we change our thoughts so that in our perspective because our thoughts create a perspective and then our perspective creates a scenario that either blows something out of what was, oh, there was a saying that I posted recently about don't waste time with fear. Like that's a waste of your thoughts. Or, oh, to wait, fear is a waste of your imagination. Thank you, Rakakadesh. That's what the saying was. Fear is a waste of your imagination because what fear is doing, it's, it's building a scenario in your mind 
an, imag- an, a, 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 an imaginative scenario that makes you think something is going to turn out in a way that's not good for you when you're really just speculating. Like if you fear, you're fearing, if somebody fears, oh my goodness, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this virus, right? They're creating a scenario that is perfect for the platform of the virus to sit upon and you draw, then you draw chaos, you draw these fearful situations to you because you're thinking it. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? So there's there's got to be a thought process, Correct. I think, for me, that I would um, that I would to be worked on even prior to getting into because then your triggers you won't get triggered or you'll be able to manage your thoughts so that you won't get triggered into this emotional frenzied state. So it's almost as though you need to be still. Just be still. Don't be rushing around. Don't be anxious because fear and anxiety can be a learned behavior. Oh, absolutely. And at the same time, I think that what you said you... about words and frequency mm-hmm. really does make a difference, which is, again, why you do breathe to slow things down in order to begin to speak over yourself the scriptures and the things that you should or could have learned up to now or are learning now to say to yourself. God has said in many different ways in the scripture, and it's good to repeat those things if you can't think straight. Fear not, for I am with you. Finding the promises in scripture, all of those things speaking out loud does change the frequency around you, and it also causes your body to respond differently, your mind to respond differently, and your heart turns towards Yahweh in it. So then we can begin to discover how to live and rest above the fear. So let's think about a situation like this. You've got schools are out, right? Mm -hmm. So people are home with their children. They are in fear and it's that fear is resonating with the children. So my, my thing would be, sit down with them and let's imagine things. Okay. You know, okay, so you're sitting with your kids and everybody, everybody close your eyes. We're going to imagine. Remember the time we went to the beach? What did it feel like? Can you feel this? Can you remember what the sand felt like under your feet? Listen to the waves. Um, would something like that um, work? I think it would if you had but, children that were able to respond to that. You're right. I think turning it into an imaginative opportunity together as a family is actually a really powerful step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it would have to be something that the children would have experienced before, yes. don't you think? Yes, in order to access their memory, yes. Right. Yeah. So what else could people do with their children? Because um, having a television on all day long with cartoons and and all that kind of stuff, that's not really going to be um, a perfect thing to do for them to be able to... Um, to be able to calm them down and get them into a, a relaxed, calm situation. Um, I, I think we need to teach our children and ourselves. You know, the Bible verse that says, and I think this is key, the perfect love casts out all fear. So how do we teach our children and ourselves the perfect love of Yahweh? Going into the Bible, looking at scriptures when Yahweh delivered people from challenging or difficult situations where they saw that he came through through these different situations. I mean, Paul says, count all joy when you go into trials and tribulations. What does that really mean? How do we actually apply that to our lives? And how do we learn trust? Perfect love in Yahweh means perfect trust. So that means trusting Yahweh in all sorts of situations. Doesn't matter if it's a pandemic. It doesn't matter 
huge earthquake. It doesn't matter if it's a hurricane, right? Um, how do we learn how to trust him and love him in these situations? And so going back and getting examples from the scriptures about how how this uh, is supposed to work or how it actually works in your life is something that I think point our children to and us to as well so that you know I mean honestly ladies how long did it take you uh, and maybe you're still struggling in some areas how long did it take you to really trust Yahweh in all things which means there's no like there's no doubt well this also comes back to our identity in Christ who we are and our standing in him and being challenged once again in another natural circumstance, which is on earth, for us to see who are we in him? That's right. Where is the belief thermometer yeah. in that? Right. And if we feel that our faith temperature is not high enough, how are we going to raise it? Good. That's good. Feel good. Well, there's yeah. various ways to do that. In terms of working with children, I would say there has to be a lot of play in order to release the stress, various ways of playing, and you're right, using the imagination. When I did uh, theater workshops and and things with children, we were often crafting stories. When I had a group of little ballet dancers, they were set in pairs into the corners, given some words to craft a story out of. Then they had had to come back and share. And from that, we were looking at, can we build a big story out of all the pieces that you brought to the table? If so, how do we want to build that story? Now, I was also in a bigger family, so we always like to act out our stories. Mm -hmm. And I was big on that. I was the eldest in my family, so I was always recruiting my siblings into opportunities to tell a story and then show it to our parents and make it into a little Ooh, I, opportunity. I wish I could be in a fly on the wall for that. Oh, yes. I, I had my cast list and all kinds of things. It was pretty funny. So God bless my siblings. They yeah. were wonderful cast members. But it was part of play. And with, with yeah. the fact that school is out, it can appear on the surface as if it's so serious that school is out. What do we do? Well, what we do is engage as families with an opportunity to be free now to step into doing more imaginative things with the help of Yahweh. Yeah. Yahweh is so imaginative and so creative. He loves music. He loves dance. He loves storytelling. The whole Bible is storytelling. He loves speaking from the heart. He loves poetry. He loves actually having us look outside, observing nature and drawing it. There are so many ways that we don't always think about when we're caught up in our day-to-day work life and school life and all the other things that we may need to manage. But these are things that we need to do as adults as well. Yeah. Laughter is good medicine. Correct. Yeah, I was just going back to what Nina was saying. Find a story of people who rose above yes. fear. So what you do with the children, you take sheets of paper, you know, maybe a notepad, maybe it's just eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper and let them draw um, what they what they see in the imagination. Uh-huh. Now, be sure to get rid of all the black crayons and um, crayons. crayons that express fear, mm-hmm. you know, colors that express fear, your dark, your your blacks and your very, very dark navy blues and and put out only the bright colors, the blues and the greens and the yellows and the orange and the reds so that they can, they can express themselves and then t- use it as a family and talk about, well, what, what did you mean when you did that? What does this mean? Tell me about, tell me about this. Uh-huh. And I think that will help them to release some of the anxiety that they may have. Oh, I miss my friends. Well, let's um, 
Let's draw pictures of everybody. If you were with your friends right now, what would you be doing? Let's draw a picture about well, that's that. A game. <laughs> Correct. You know, we, we don't have to worry about the, the issues that are happening. Well, not that they don't have to worry about it, but they're here to help us work through those things. Let's engage in the kingdom realm. It's a perfect opportunity yes. to have yes. to teach as well as the adults in the home how to engage in the kingdom realm, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Um, because I think the children can see more than yes. we do. Definitely. You know, until we clean out all our gates and they will see the angels oh, yeah. within the home, dancing with them, sitting with them, drawing with them, whispering in their ears about different things. Yeah. Now, some children are very. Oh, I think it's time. Sorry. Some children are also very musically oriented, so they could be asked to write a little song. I did that with my kids when they were really young. We made up songs about things making uh, designing creating songs about courage songs about things that they already know about as well which is why drawing from nature and how does nature respond to different things how does nature recover right. when there's a rainstorm and things bend over and then things stand back up yeah that's good but that's i good. think nina's right in terms of talking about engaging with heaven good time to talk about stepping through the veil what does mm. the veil look like to your child yes and how yeah. do they step That's through good. yeah and then when they step through what do they see because yahweh is being asked to engage with the family that's a very creative process mm -hmm. and just getting caught up in that there's no time for fear in that conversation oh absolutely you know there there Absolutely. was a little game that I would play when everyone was younger, where I said, when there was anxiety or other things going on, I said, you know what, we can do that at a later time. So what time would you like to be anxious? And we'll carve out some time for that. <laughs> and it would, kind of, <laughs> that's funny. It would, it would actually trick the mind and the emotions. And if they said, okay, I, I think it's three o'clock now. So I pick five o'clock and then I would say five o'clock is it. We're going to put it down here on the calendar at five o'clock. We're going to get very, very anxious. And so we're going to work on that. So right now we need to do some dishes. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I would redirect five o'clock came and I would say, is everybody ready now? We're going to do some anxiety really intensely for a solid five minutes. Five minutes feels like three hours when you try to do it. That's um, true. And they would say, oh, I don't, I don't really want to do that right now well there had been a shift but they had been acknowledged and validated that they had some feelings but we were going to deal with the feelings a little bit later now i did not do that all the time because i did not want to minimize what was going on but if there were some issues of anger frustration anxiety worry fear it was always validated and then it was going to be scheduled and there was a few times mm. when we really got into it um and engaged with it and it only lasted because i said okay it's your turn now you express everything you need to express out loud as strongly as you want to go you have five minutes well nobody lasted more than 30 seconds and then it started to get silly and people were laughing yeah now it's just a little shift just a little yes. exercise that can be a bit helpful that's a great exercise oh, a, i think it's a really good exercise you know the bible tells us to that we must strive to enter into his rest. And I think that that's so interesting Correct. because we get twisted with that word strive. But for me, right. I think of strive as being intentional. In other words, you got to make up your mind. You know what? I'm not going to be a person that is driven by fear, that's triggered by fear. I'm going to be a person that enters into rest. And I want to stay in rest. Because remember, we're talking about living above fear yes and and yeah. you really Correct. hit on the right um term or notion i should say which is rest entering into his rest because when you're in his rest you're not fearful because you know that you're in when i think of rest i think of being in the arms in the hands the big huge hands of yahweh and just laying there at rest and it doesn't matter 
like Yeshua was on the boat and things were tossing and turning, right. but he was just sound right. asleep. He was so at rest. Now, why was he like that? Because the Bible tells us we are to imitate Yeshua. Why was he like that? Because he had so much trust and faith in Yahweh and his love in Yahweh that he knew that there's no storm that was going to take him out. In fact, Yeshua knew his scroll. He knew his destiny scroll. So he knew what was going to happen. And I love it. This is when Uncle Ian talks about living out of your future today. Yes. When you know, when you can live out of your future right. today and you know your destiny scroll, you know, there's no virus. There's nothing that's going to take you out of this planet before it's your time because you know you're living in that Correct. destiny. And so why not teach our children then? how to connect with their destiny scroll so that they can be confident that, hey, I don't care if he, whatever natural does that. I'm going to be able to, I will live and fulfill my destiny scroll. And I know that nothing is going to take that away from me. And I think sometimes we think that kids are so young that they can't understand that they're closer to the heavenly realms. Mm -hmm. And from where oh. they came from, and the, oh. and the memory to remember who they are than mm -hmm. we are. Right. I so, think you brought it back down. I think you brought the whole thing back to the focus of living above fear really well with that. Yeah. And that's a creative process. Yeah. And that is using the imagination. That's right. And that's what kids pick up on really quickly. They want to engage in their imaginations. Yeah. It's a joyful activity for them. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. That's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's about living there, not visiting every now and then or going whenever something happens. It's something that we need to be intentional about yes. all the time. At In the morning, right. at night, when you're shopping, when you're driving, when you're at work, not only during this, this difficult time in, mm -hmm. in, in the communities, but all the time when this whole thing blows over and everything goes back to normal, don't come back down to where you were before. Stay up there where you have nice. built your home and live in yes, that place you're of right. rest. It has to be a lifestyle. We need to take advantage right. of the opportunity that we've been given here to reside in heaven and on earth. That's right. And Correct. bring heaven to earth. Yeah. So that's the way to do it. And that's the way others will then begin to be drawn to Yahweh, to the light. Yeah. Because we are carrying the light of love and confidence and beauty and his life, his truth. Because fear is not from him. You know, I want to say too, it's right. also about your perspective and what I've learned is that when we are changing our perspectives and it's the way we see things, when I've learned that when we see things the way Yahweh wants us to see things, our whole uh, emotion, our whole psyche, our whole way of handling a situation is so different. Yes, um, We're able to, we're not triggered and we're able to, to enter into that rest and to understand, you know what, we can, we can walk this out. And I love what you said, Mary, in that we will be a representative for those who are around us that are freaking out. Mm -hmm. They'll see us and they'll be like, why are you so calm? Or why are you so mm -hmm. at rest? And mm -hmm. the reason why is because we have looked at the situation differently. And we know that these things that are coming upon us, first of all, the Bible is clear that there's some things that are going to happen on this planet, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible, I mean, let's just be real about that. And and, and this, That's this, right. this situation That's right. with this virus is really only the beginning. And I'm not saying that. You, you shouldn't be fearful. When I said that, if you're listening to this podcast and you're fearful about what I just said, that's a key that you really got to work on your fear and where you are in this whole process because there's a much more, I mean, y'all got to do is read Revelation, Right. So the question is then is, how can we, like Ruthie said, how can we live through it knowing that this is something that is going to come upon this planet and we shouldn't be like, well, that's going to happen years from now. We don't know. So, so 
connect with Yahweh's heart, heart to heart, and live in him so that you know who he is, so that you can live no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you can be like Yeshiva on that on that boat, at peace and at rest. So there's something interesting I saw the other day, um, and it it made me think about um, what it says in the oh, word. Yes. It says, "Be still and know that I am God." And there was a picture of the water, and it said, "You can only see your reflection in the water when it is still." A running river will not oh. show your reflection. <laughs> That's good. So it's time for yeah. us to be still and know that he is in us. And we will see when we are still and we step beyond the veil to see his face, he will, we will see yes. him yes. in us. Yes. Glory. We will see that glory reflection when we look into oh. the stillness. That's so good, Ricky. That's good. That's right. Now, there's a country, I, I want to say it's Nepal, but I'm not sure if that's the place. There is one day in the year when everything shuts down, the airport, the, the, the trucking, the cars, nobody goes anywhere. Everything shuts down, the buses, the, the transportation, the grocery stores, the restaurants. Everything in the whole country wow. shuts down for 24 hours so that they, so that people re, are introspective about what's happening within, within their lives. And I guess it's, it's a religious practice, but they do that um, one day, one 24-hour period every single year. So it's about That's us really being still, you know. Now, that is something that we are called to do every week. We are to take a Sabbath. A Shabbat. A Shabbat. Shabbat. Yes. Exactly. And we are to be still and know he is God. And we are to honor that time that he created in Genesis to do that. And then because we've done that right. and we've really delved into that we've steeped ourselves in his presence that way then we carry that throughout our week but we carry it in such a way that we build on it every day because we're doing it every day yes we and then what what happens you look forward to that one day when it's Correct. just total rest yes and that is another thing we are to be yeah. showing our children because our children are going to watch what we do and they're going to learn from that far more than the words we use. Yes, we show them exactly by doing that. And it really doesn't yeah. matter if we haven't done it before. This is a great opportunity now to just, as we've had these situations where things are shut down to a very large degree, to then take time to turn again the intent of our heart fully towards him. And, and steep ourselves in that. Correct. Doing it, as Nina said, so that we are engaging with him and then carrying it through the week. Oh. And that is the point of also being able to gather right. when the opportunity happens to gather corporately is to bring all that we've steeped ourselves into daily into the corporate worship time. It's not a time for into us to just show up to a group and feed off of whatever someone else has delved into. That's good. It is a time for us to come together as a group, as a family right. in him to then bring all that he's downloaded in us every day and downloaded us in us all month. And then bring that to the table of communion and the table of communing. Correct. So that every right. time we gather, our worship is elevated again and again and again and again. And we learn as a corporate group as well, as a family, to ascend and engage and be with him and then carry a higher, greater level of that through the next week and on and on and on. I had a friend on um, Facebook or was it? Correct. I can't remember. 
well, maybe both, that it said, you know, again, about perspective, treat this situation that's going on as an opportunity for Shabbat. It's like a four-week Shabbat. Or I've had several of my friends say that. In other words, it's a time of rest. It's exactly what, what you said, Mary. That's excellent. And it's yeah. all about perspective. And mm-hmm. I have really felt, I have to say, I have really felt that Yahweh allowed this to take place as well for um, because what's also shut down too are the churches and so what it's doing is it's it's causing right. folks to become a, a closer family unit and to strengthen the structure of the family because well in many cases they're forced to stay in the home but they not be dependent upon going to a church to get fed i don't think it was mary did you just say that too during this or someone one of y'all might have said this but not be dependent on going yes. to a church to get fed but now you're being fed from the throne of grace, from Yahweh himself in your home, and you're teaching your, fam- your family and applying all the things that we have talked about uh, in the home. And that's where it needs to be applied. That's right. You know, there was a, uh, somebody said um, that we need to... Um, preach a sermon every day use yes. words yes. when that's necessary it's very true yeah that's good that's really good yeah so so that's what we do at home with our families with with people that that we come into contact with or so even people who are um saying well you know i right. i can't go to church what do i do you know, it's it's a it's a way of showing our children that we are That's the church. So good. Every single one of us is is the church, and as such, we need to be reaching out and helping others because there are a lot of people that are that are just desperate. You know, I was on the phone today for probably an hour with with a friend I hadn't talked to in years and just sharing with him about being still, you know, just a different, a different time for us to um, recenter ourselves. You know, it makes me think of that, that wonderful man, brother Lawrence from, you know, a couple of oh, centuries yes. back and he found that just doing his day-to-day mm-hmm. tasks he remained connected to the presence of god and used it as an opportunity to make all of the simple things in his life an act of worship in such a way that they became whole gestures right ministered so to good. the lord he's amazing he so was good. ministering to god so that's another perspective that we need yes. to remember this is a time even though our daily schedule is a little bit different we are called to be ministers to yahweh oh and so we are to take these simple things that we do Correct. the gathering with our children the breaking of bread and having our meals cleaning our house taking care of the weeds in our garden um, as we do in our house, we also take our dogs for a walk because they have to go outside. But Brother Lawrence was setting an example for the leaders and kings and people that visited him that he did not focus on the deficit in his life or what was always going on in the circumstances. He lived in a very harsh time. He t- learned to focus and continually turn back to Yahweh and Yahweh's heart. And the love for Yahweh. And he found that the more he practiced it, the more he was able to engage with it. Yes. And the more he stayed in the presence of God. That's right. There was a leader that came and visited him in the kitchen. He loved working in the kitchen and he never wanted to be promoted. He really wanted to keep his focus on the Lord. And he was peeling potatoes. And this person came to talk to him about some important things. And Mm -hmm. he thought he was going to be taken to another room. But Brother Lawrence just had him come in the kitchen and sit on a stool. He was peeling potatoes for the Lord. And in the peeling of the potatoes, he was finding his heart just rejoicing in creation and loving God and loving the opportunity to minister to God 
while he touched earthly food that was going to minister to the fellow monks in the monastery. Oh man, that's powerful. Yeah. That's practical. And, and as he washed yeah, the dishes. You can wash dishes and be very conscious oh, of it. Lord, really being in our and what better right. thing with washing dishes because Correct. it's water. Mm. And the water of the Holy Spirit Come washes on. over us, yeah. fills us with the glory, with worship, with praise. Do you know what? It was fun when my kids were younger and they'd see me at the sink singing songs and making stuff up about bubbles when I was washing dishes. Yeah. And because it was part of the fun side of our Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, know, our Lord helped around right. the house when he was growing up. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's, let. I'm sorry, go ahead. And it's, yes, and it's about cleansing. I want to, uh, why don't we um, in this podcast with each one of us very briefly giving an example to folks who are listening of what we do to stay in rest. And I'll start off, we'll start off with you, Ruthie. What do you do to stay in rest and to live above fear? You. <laughs> okay, you starting with who? <laughs> oh, with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so what do I do to stay in rest? Well, right now, because I'm working on a book, mm. I'm in the word. I'm in the word mm -hmm. probably two, three hours of the day and doing my research. And then I get up and I clean the kitchen. And then when the kitchen is done, I'll come back and I'll do some reading. And then I get up and I go and fix dinner. After dinner, I'll clean up the kitchen and then I come back and I, and I, mm engage i go into my garden that's the garden of your um, heart right i connect with yeshua <laughs> the garden of my heart yes not my physical garden my the garden of my heart i go into my garden i connect with yeshua um i listen to podcasts mm -hmm. while i'm in the kitchen so if I'm cooking or if I'm washing dishes or if I'm cleaning, I'm listening to a podcast. It might be Justin Abraham. It might be Uncle Ian. It might be um, Dr. O. It might be Lindy Masters. Um, it might be Mike Parsons. It could be any number of people. So while I'm, while I'm busy, I'm doing, yes. I'm, I'm filling my spirit with, with uh, the word as That's I'm good. taking care of my what about family. You, Mary? Well, I'd have to say that I would repeat some of the things that Ruthie has said and doing all the things to support my mind and my heart mm -hmm. and my spirit to connect with Yahweh and stay very aware of his presence. I've seen this as an opportunity to become more and more uh, palpably aware of him being with me so that even my simple tasks of doing mm. the dishes and doing the laundry, walking the dogs, engaging with my daughters and doing some of the regular things, I have had a greater sense of him being with me because I'm making sure that I'm feeding my heart and I'm feeding my spirit and I'm not paying attention to the fearful messages that have been coming out. I've observed some facts. I've observed some information, but I've kept myself right. in a place of, of observance. I've drawn boundaries around myself to refuse to actually let it in to influence me in terms of the choices I'm making. And music has also been very helpful. There's John Carter. There's Whole Tones. Oh, right. yeah. There's John Tussie. Yeah. There's Del Hungerford. And there's also, as you said, mm -hmm. our mentors and our forerunners who've gone ahead of us and taught Kimberly us some things. Kimberly and Alberto Rivera. Kim, really, yes, the Riveras. And, um, and also Laura C. Music Flow. Yes. Because all of that, musically speaking, all of oh, that is yes. actually making, I know it's making my cells vibrate at the right frequency for responding well to what's going on around me. And yes, the podcasts and all the forerunners and all the people. And I listen to you, Ruthie, and I listen to Nina. And so every day there's a download oh, bless you. to continue that positive influence because they love God 
and I'm loving the example of the way they're doing it. So it's quickening me to continue to hunger more for him as well. And I've also been writing Mm. out scriptures. Very good. So um, as I'm listening to the two of you talk, I I was like, wow, I was thinking to myself, um, I really enjoyed a session that I had with some folks on Uncle Ian's uh, Discord patron page, but they're on Discord where we did an engagement exercise of stepping into Yahweh. And so what I did was I shared with them what I do, and I call it centering. And so I center myself in him. It's called living in him, living from a place inside of him, outside of him, right? So I have an engagement exercise that I do. Like you said, you go into the garden. And I know, Mary, you go into the garden as well. And so do I. Well, a lot of times what I like to do is step into Yahweh and have Ruach HaKodesh and Yeshua step into Yahweh. And so then the four of us were in Yahweh. And so I center myself in him. And I'm telling you, you get such a, such a flood of his presence. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I should do a recording and engagement exercise and lead people into that. I think that'd be really cool. But um, you rest, you, then you learn. Yeah, good how idea. To rest in him, and you just center your heart in his heart, and it's not to really ask anything. It's not to really. You're not petitioning. You're just learning how to rest, how to right. trust, right? And how to still your mind, like you were saying. I right. love that, Ruthie. Looking into that water mm-hmm. and. And seeing your a face, a face of Yeshua, really, that's your that's your reflection. And so that is that is an mm-hmm. engagement exercise that I do to enter into the rest. And immediately when you're used to living in rest, you know when you're out of it because you know you're no longer at peace. So that's fine. That's okay. Just get back into it. You can't be like, oh wow, I broke right. that. I guess I have to live outside yeah. of rest. No. Just strive mm-hmm. to get back into it. Right. And so the goal is you will as you practice this your day, more and more part of your day, you'll be living in rest until you're always living in rest. And very rarely are you are you kicked outside of rest, regardless of what's happening. That's good. Makes that's sense? Really good. And so that's where we should be. Continue. We want to encourage you folks yeah. as we end this yeah. to continue to strive to enter into rest. Don't look at strive as a bad word in that it's an effort. Yes. But it's really turning the intention of your heart into a thing. So that you're just in, you're just intentional. And a lot of people are like, well, I need peace. I need peace. Well, peace comes from within. That's what my mama told me, and I believe it. The peace comes from the kingdom of God is within you. That's what the Bible says. So mm-hmm. peace comes from within. So let us turn the intent of our heart to the kingdom of heaven that is within. Step into it. And as these ladies were saying, engage in the various different things that you need to do to step into that, whether it's listening to a podcast, listening to music, or doing an garden of your heart or stepping into Yahweh step into it as often as you can and you will find every day that every day and you will find that you will be able to live above fear amen is that good amen all right so with that being said we love you yes that's you. wonderful may the rest of Yahweh be upon you amen and amen, amen.